the God has a unique plan for you because he designed you. Satan has incentives tools gifts you know things that he quote-unquote fake promises to people like everlasting life knowing that they're all being doomed to death um he gives gifts of you know earthly carnal things you are now listening to disciples in progress where believers in christ renew their lives join the dip community weekly as you learn about new ways of implementing god's word for practical use in your everyday life without further ado now introducing your host and fellowship friend, Tamika Gray. Hello, hello, hello. You are now listening to Disciples in Progress, and this is episode number 28. This episode is titled Knowing God's Promises and Being Able to Trust His Plan. All right, now, y'all know we've been in the relationship series with God. We're talking about courting the Lord, being in relationship with the Lord, trusting the Lord's plan, you know, all the good things. We talked about the different phases of relationships you can be in with Christ. And so we're just adding to that, right? Like being in relationship with God comes with some things. And we're going to be talking about the promises and being able to trust in the promises that God has given you for your life. And so why are we talking about this topic? Many people don't know or is not aware of the promises or rewards that you are given when serving in the kingdom of light, right? I want to even push this idea just a little bit further to say that there's even some incentives, right? So changing that promise to incentives to being a light worker And what I mean by incentives or like the definition of incentives is a thing that motivates or encourages one to do something, right? And I know many people are going to have questions like, oh my gosh, why are we trying to be incentivized to follow the Lord? Like, shouldn't we just be able to do that? You know what I'm saying? Then it'd be other questions like, it's wrong to only want to serve the Lord you know, and to serve in his kingdom for benefits. Like, what? Is that even right? You know, and then, I mean, some people might even say, is it okay to even think of your relationship with Christ as an exchange for receiving something? I think these are all valid questions. You know, of course, these questions are in opposition of thinking about God's promises as incentives for following him and being a light worker, a.k.a. someone who serves in God's kingdom. So I get it like and baby, I'm the one who came up with these questions. So, of course, I get it, boo. And we're going to answer those later. But, you know, I really want you guys to really focus on in this episode, focus on the promises and knowing those promises, a.k.a. possible incentives for you to serve in the kingdom of light. Right. I think that in opposition, because we know that we're in a spiritual battle between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness, like Satan has incentives tools gifts you know things that he quote-unquote fake promises to people like everlasting life knowing that they're all being doomed to death um he gives gifts of you know earthly carnal things you serve me i'll make you a millionaire tomorrow you know what i'm saying and then say you step out of line he gonna make you poor the next day you know what i'm saying and then have your enemies come haunt you you know what i'm saying because he is the enemy ultimately at the end of the day he's like the indian giver and sorry if i'm offending people i'm just using the terminology that we all 
y'all grew up with in the American United States. Please forgive me. No harm foul. But an Indian giver is somebody who gives you something and then want to take it back. Don't be giving me nothing that you want to take back later on. And God's not like that. So, you know, you know, don't let these words trigger you. But I do want to put incentives in there for a certain reason when it comes to the correlation of God's promises, because you you need to understand that these promises should be something that motivates or encourages you to want to continue the fight, even when you're tired of fighting. Right. And then I also want to take a little bit of time to really focus in again on the definition of trust. Right. Trust is a firm belief in the reliability of something. Right. It is truth. It is the ability or its strength of someone or something. And so with all of these things in mind, you guys, just understanding and knowing God's promises for your life and being able to trust his plans will just do a tremendous wonders and works for your life. Right. And with that being said, y'all, let's get to the key takeaways. OK, we got to get to the keys. One, two. All right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, so the three keys for today that we're going to be focusing on that I want you to take away from this conversation is one, first, we're going to outline some of God's promises by looking into the word of God, right? We're going to be looking into the word for guidance. I was able to, you know, find some, some key things that I feel like just outlines really good a general grasp of God's promises I'm not going to go through all of his promises but some key things to get you started right and then the next key the second key for today's podcast episode we really need to attack this trust thing y'all because I really believe that it's linked to an individual's faith right and so we're going to go through the definition of faith. We're going to really take a, a deeper dive in this trust thing. And I know it's hard to trust in 2022. Don't trust nobody. Don't trust your friends. Don't trust your family. Don't trust your cousins. Don't trust nobody. You know what I'm saying? Um, nobody's trying to trust each other because people have been hurt. People have been backstabbed. People have been, you know, just put down in such a way like it's hard to trust. Right. And so you're really asking me to trust in a God that I've never seen. You're really asking me to trust in a God that I probably never really even talked to you know sometimes even as a, a devout Christian or I wouldn't say that I'm a Christian I would say that I'm a believer in Christ as a devout believer myself you know sometimes I do the the, the question do run through my mind like girl you know you could really be making up this whole God thing in your head <gasps> did I just say that out loud I sure did say that out loud I hope you had that thought too baby because I thought the thought too but I said girl I'll be a fool for Jesus today amen amen and then the last key takeaway that I really want to um, touch on briefly is I'm going to give my personal opinion about regarding the three questions posed in opposition of serving in God's kingdom. So those three questions were, why does one need to be incentivized to serve in the Lord's kingdom? The second question was, is it wrong to only want to serve in God's kingdom for the benefits? And then the third question that I have posed earlier is, is it okay to even think of your relationship with Christ as an exchange for receiving something. I will give my personal opinion in response to these questions to advocate, of course, for the kingdom of light, because why not, baby? Um, but these are my opinions. The definition of opinion is a view or judgment formed about something not necessarily based on fact or knowledge. And we all know what they say about opinions, right? 
Many people can have them. Opinions are free to give. But you as a listener, you have the choice to buy or decline, baby. Buy or decline. And so I will be giving my personal opinions about those three questions that was posed in opposition to thinking about God's you know, promises as quote unquote incentives. Um, But ultimately, at the end of the day, that's something that you're going to have to ask yourself and be able to articulate and digest for your own being and for, you know, what makes you feel good on the inside at the end of the day. And with that being said, moving on. All right, guys, now we got to get into the breakdown, guys. So like I said, we were going to start with the first key. The first key was uh, outlining God's promises by looking at the word of God. And so I Googled really quickly, like, what are some of God's promises? Because I know that there are so many. Right. And so I'm going to put in the description in the description box the link to the article that I found that gave some really good um key um bible verses that you can look at for your own reference for more details but I pulled two of them I pulled two of them that I already really knew and resonated with me and so we will be looking at Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 in the MSG version um And this uh, Jeremiah chapter one, verse five reads like this. Before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. Before you saw the light of day, I had holy plans for you. So right now, what we are looking at and what we're reading is God basically telling us that God already knew who you was before he formed you in your mother's womb. Right. You serve a God that already knew you before you was even even conceived or thought of or even in the boom boom room to even make. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's wild to me. Right. And then he's also saying, like, I knew you before you even saw the light of day. So, like, when you're in the womb, you're surrounded by darkness. It's dark in there. Ain't no light. You know what I'm saying? So God is forming you in a formless state. He's forming you in the darkness so that when you do come to light, Guess what he follows up with? And I already have holy plans for you, right? So I just feel like that's such a blessing. Like God is so intentional. He was intentional before he you was even thought of. He was intentional when you was thought of. He was intentional before you saw the light of day. And then he's also confirming to you right now in the name of Jesus that God has holy plans specifically for you, my friend, just for you. And so we're going to move on to Jeremiah 29. Chapter 29, verses 11 through 14, still in the MSG version. And it reads like this. As I promised, I know what I am doing. This is God talking. He said, as I promised, I know what I am doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not to abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. When you call on me, I'll listen. When you come and pray to me, I'll listen. When you come looking for me, you will find me. Yes. When you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. These are God's decree, right? And so this is so beautiful to me. Jeremiah 29 outlines the intentionality God has for your life. But one thing that I really, really, really wanted to zone in on and zoom in in, because you know we like to zoom out and zoom in on things, is that God says, 
I have plans for you. I plan to take care of you, not to abandon you. But most importantly, he says, plans to give you the future you hoped for, right? You need to know this first. These two things first. First of all, God has designed you. Therefore, he has a design for you. And Ephesians chapter two, verses 10 can back this up. I'm going to say that slower. God has designed you. He designed you. Therefore, he has a design, a purpose, a plan, something holy for you, just for you. Your plan ain't going to look like my plan. Your plan may not be talking on platforms. Your plan may not be, you know, serving in the community as far as like helping the homeless and this, that, and the third. Your plan may be, I don't know, God, give me a plan. A plan may be um, speaking in public communities, talking on the side of the road to people, maybe ministering on your work job or, you know, joining in community service activities and ministering there. You know what I'm saying? Or heck, maybe you're, you're not called to ministry as far as like, you know, spreading the gospel literally to verbatim to other people. But maybe God put an extra piece of ounce of kindness in your heart and so now you can exude kindness to other people unlike anyone else maybe God put an extra dose of faithfulness in your heart so maybe you can be the only faithful person in some people's lives that never even experienced faithfulness you know what I'm saying so the God has a unique plan for you because he designed you another thing that you need to understand is that God is going to help you carry out the plan right God's will for your life is the will that he's going to provide to you. Right. But don't get it twisted because everybody's like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to serve the Lord because it's too many rules and like it's just too much. And it's like, baby girl, God's will for your life is the same will that you desire. So whatever it is that you are hoping for, dreaming about, asking for, manifesting, and all of these other things, God wants the exact same outcomes you have because your heart belongs to him. He knows what goes on in your secret place. He knows what it is that you desire. So ultimately, God wants the exact same thing you want. He put them desires in you. And if you feel like the desires you have is not for proper prosperous and to be fruitful and to you know yield good things in this world then okay maybe he didn't put that in there and maybe you just need to recheck your desires because I don't know what you doing but nine times out of ten nine times out of ten nine times out of ten most people want good things for themselves and God is a good God he wants good things for you and whatever you deemed in your mind as good if it is according to the line with how he wants to use you in this world baby you're gonna get it you're gonna get it and anything that you don't think that you can get, God's going to put that on hold for you because he got something better. Sometimes you be asking your parents for something, thinking that's what you want. And then you get that thing and then you realize, dang, I never really wanted that. You know what I'm saying? And so God is a God, an all-knowing God. And excuse me, y'all. Something's getting caught up in my throat, Lord. I rebuke this devil in the name of Jesus. <coughs> Woo-wee. Thank you, Jesus. Um, Sometimes, you know, you don't know what it is that you want. <clears throat> or I'll take that back. You do know what you want, but then when you get what you want, you be like, Ooh, man, I don't really want that. You know what I'm saying? And so sometimes God holds those things from you. And so when God blocks certain things from you, you just need to take that as a blessing. Like, Ooh, baby, he was trying to keep me from an L, you know, 
And so we going to rock with that. But basically from Jeremiah chapter one and Jeremiah 29, you know, it was just really clear to me that God has a plan for you. And the plans that he has is to give you the future you hope for at the end of the day. And I do want to highlight some key things that I think is super important. In addition to God having a plan for you and promises and the promises that he wants to give you, right? In order to give you these promises, he's going to equip you with some few things, right? We talked about tools and weapons last week, but in order for you to fulfill the plan and the will that God has for your life, he's going to give you a few things. And I'm going to just run off three of them because you know I'm the queen of threes. Um, And so one thing that God is going to give you is faithfulness, right? God is going to give you faithfulness and the definition, the Google definition of faithfulness is the quality of being faithful or fidelity. Some similar words are fidelity, loyalty, consistency, and devotion. God is going to give you faithfulness. From my research, I was able to look at Hebrews chapter 10 verses 23 talks about faithfulness and also Joshua chapter one verses nine states that God is always with you. God gives you his faithfulness to ensure that he will never leave you. That is the faithfulness that God has given you. He's not going to give you a plan and then abandon you to go figure it out. No, he's going to give you the plan. He's going to feed you the steps. He's going to feed you the ingredients. He's going to feed you what it is that you need to have in order to execute the plan, right? And the next thing that God is going to give you is his strength, right? The definition of strength is the, um, the capacity of an object, object or substance to withstand great force or pressure so the all the callings that I know have been pretty hard baby like the things that God has asked certain people to do many people to do isn't an easy task to do and so he's going to give you the strength that you need in order to execute the plan that he has for your life aka the plans that you hope for for your own future right and so Isaiah 41.10 helps illustrate, you know, the strength that God gives you to help you, aid you, and execute in the will that God has for your life. And then the final thing that God will equip you with is wisdom, baby. We love a good wisdom, right? Um, The definition of wisdom is the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment. The quality of being wise. I really want to zone in, zoom in on the on the part where it says in this definition, good judgment, right? And so two scriptures, Jerem, James 1, James chapter 1, verse 5, New Living Translation reads like this. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. I'm going to keep reading. But when you ask him, be sure that you be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world and they are unstable in everything that they do. Right. And so, you know, 
It starts out with saying that if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Right. And then I also want to bring your attention to James chapter three, verses 13 through 17 in the New Living Translation. And it reads like this. The uh, segment in my Bible is titled true wisdom comes from God. And so this is about to give us a description of what the wisdom that God will give you looks like, feels like, and all of those things, right? It reads like this. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambitions in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. Let me read that. Let let me let 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 let, let me read that again. Verse 16 read like this. For wherever there is jealousy, and selfish ambition there you will find disorder and evil of every kind okay because when you serve in the house of a of the lord first of all i said serve right and so when you serve you can't be jealous right when you serve you can't be selfish your ambitions for your life can't only just serve you, right? Because you don't serve you first, you serve the Lord first, which ultimately will end up serving you and hopefully end up serving the others around you. If you are living in a life that is selfish, which will yield to jealousy, the word of God says that for wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. You can't equally serve in the kingdom of God and be a selfish ambition person, right? How are you going to serve the Lord and serve yourself? You make yourself an idol when you do that. Stop self-worshipping. Stop it. You must be approaching God's throne with humility. People don't like the definition of humility because that means you got to think of yourself as small or less than. I am small and less than when it comes to serving the Lord all high and mighty. Okay. I serve the most high. I will humble myself in his presence. I will humble myself to his will. I will humble myself at his throne. And I will charge you to do the same thing because the more you humble yourself, the more he lifts you up. Right? All right, let's keep reading the descriptions about wisdom that God gives you. Right? Verse 17 reads like this, but the wisdom from above. Is first of is first of all pure. It is also peace loving, 
gentle at all times and willing to yield to others it is full of mercy and good deeds it shows no favoritism and it is always sincere and those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness remember we talked about righteousness means to be in right standing with christ to do right doesn't always feel good and everything that feel good isn't always right you want to always check your actions to ensure that you're living in righteousness if you got to question yourself baby you walk out the house and say is my skirt too short if you got to ask yourself and you keep teetering the line if it's too short just go ahead and assume that it's too short right if you got to teeter the line to ask yourself whatever activity you're engaging in is this gonna be something that's gonna push me outside of righteousness or Christ go ahead and just not do it okay you know what I'm saying if you got to overly question something like that baby just go ahead and take the high road even though you may not want to right just go ahead, take the high road, and then you sit, and if the next time it comes back around and you get the green light to go ahead and do it, then do it. But if you still got a question, God don't operate. He's not a God of confusion. And if you're confused about something, you might it might not be right, right? But though that action may feel good to do it, it might not be right. So I need you guys to really consider, you know, the wisdom that God gives you, right? It is a good, it's good, guys. It's fruitful, God. It's benefits others, guys. And so when you serve in the kingdom of light, first of all, you are a servant, you serve the Lord and I love serving the Lord because God gives me promises and he keeps me in perfect peace and I don't have to be living in turmoil or questioning everything in my life. And so I want to invite you into that because God, the will that he has for you is everything that you hope for, everything that you dreamed, all of these things. And so, you know, I really want us to get back into the business of really serving God's kingdom because he wants to bless you an abundance let the lord bless you boo why are you trying to run from his blessings why moving on all right guys so we just talked about the promises and outlined the promises and the tools that god gives you to build out the plan that he has for you right and so now we're going to be attacking this trust thing because it's really linked to people's and an individual's faith and so again the definition of trust is a firm belief in the reliability truth ability or strength of someone or something and the hebrew from hebrew chapter 11 verse 1 states that the definition of faith is faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen right then it says in hebrew 10 23 it says let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for god can be trusted to keep his promises right and so like i said in 2022 it's really hard to give people trust on the disciples in progress instagram which you can follow at the d-i-s-c-i-p-l-e-s in progress on instagram just type that in or you could just type in the dip podcast we talked about should trust be given or should trust be earned 
In my personal opinion, and I remember, you got a choice. You can buy or decline this opinion of mine, right? In my personal opinion, I believe that we should just give trust to people, right? Because the thing is, when I think about trust and me trusting someone, I think about me trusting their actions. I can only trust what you do. And you may not tell me you an effed up individual. And sorry, y'all, my language isn't clean. So I'm still working on finding better words to replace the cuss words because the cussing spirit is still in me. So right now I'm just going to say effed up, right? You, I... I can't tell you that you are effed up individual, but I know that your actions have proven to me that you're that type of person. And so I'm just going to trust that you're going to be a snake. I'm going to trust that you're going to move shysty. I'm going to trust that you're going to move in a particular kind of way so that when you do do it, I'm not shocked by it. Right. And then say that you're the type of person who is loving, faithful, committed, devoted and all these things. I'm going to trust that because that's the actions that you show me. I believe that you should give trust and trust and believe in the things that people show you. Right. But then y'all like, okay, Tamika, well, if I'm trusting in everybody's action, then how trust and faith go together? Because the definition of faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So that means how can I trust something that I don't see? But you just said that we got to trust. Okay, girl. Okay, dude, calm down. I get it. Right. And so there's an extra layer of blessings and covering and, you know, grace that's applied onto your life when you trust in a lawyer that you ain't never seen and God addressed that like I said earlier I'm if if I'm gonna be a fool for trusting in a God that I ain't never seen probably ain't never really had a direct conversation or talked to or heard his tangible voice seen him in the flesh like God understands that we are a generation that is only being led by his spirit meaning just the essence of him, right? And the essence of God is his goodness. And if you want to know about the fruits of the spirit, you need to read Galatians. Go on in Galatians and going to tell you about the fruits of the spirit, right? And so we just get to experience the essence of God. And so with that knowledge and that understanding, you have to have, it's like manifestation. If the girlies can't manifest, why can't we have faith? Duh. So yes, you are going to have to give. That's why I say you got to just give it freely. You just got to give this trust freely, especially in this relationship with Christ. And then you got to trust in the things that he's already shown you. I've testified on this platform Plenty of times, especially in the finance department, because some reason, somehow I keep coming up on all of this money and then it keeps slipping through my fingers. But God keep giving it back to me, just trying to see if I'm going to do right with it the next time. So hopefully, God, when you give me my next 10 bands, I do right with it. Right. So I can keep it so he can give me another 10 bands so I can keep that. But you know what I'm saying? Like there's been times in my life where I know for a fact that I did. I couldn't have done it on my own. And it was something that I had prayed for. And, you know, I just left it in God's hands and he delivered and he came through and he made ways out of no ways. I'm trusting in that. Right. And so you need to start hopefully writing down the things that in, in which you're asking the Lord for so that you can start standing firm on the things that has already happened so that your faith when it comes time for you to believe in things that you can't even see, that you can't even understand, that you probably can't articulate to everybody else, you can have the trust in those things with God because you know what he's done for you previously 
Okay, so you got to be scorekeeper of your own track record. God, you brought me through this and I know you can bring me through this. He's like, yeah, baby, I can. You know what I'm saying? And so, yes, I believe that your trust and your faith are linked. Your trust and your faith is linked. And in 2022, I know it's hard. I know it's hard, but God ain't like everybody else. He's a faithful God. God ain't like everybody else. His strength is stronger than whatever you can imagine. God ain't like everybody else. His wisdom is is filled with nothing but goodness that is going to be of benefit to you and everyone else around you. Trust in that. Okay? And so, finally, we about to just end it with the last little piece, the last little piece, the last, last little piece. And that's me giving my uh, humble opinion about the three questions that I had asked earlier. Um, in opposition of using the word incentive, a.k.a. the um, incentive meaning a thing that motivates or encourages this one person to do something and so does God can you think of God's promises as incentives to recruit and you know ask for you to be a light worker and so one of the first questions that I proposed in the beginning was why does one need to be incentivized to serve the Lord and I kind of touched on this a little bit earlier I think that a person should be incentivized to serve the Lord because other people see incentives given to them to serve the kingdom of darkness that's how Satan lures you in I can give you a million dollars tomorrow I can make you go viral on Instagram if you sell your soul to me I can you know I need you to host all these demonic entities within your vessel so that I can work through you to get my you know demonic kingdom going and I'll give you this in a trade off oh you want your health oh okay, cool. You, I'll restore your health, but I need this from you. You know what I'm saying? So he incentivizes people to serve in his kingdom. That's how he recruits others. You know what I'm saying? Why don't you think God's trying to recruit you? What's so wrong with thinking like that? In my humble opinion, I don't see nothing wrong with being incentivized to serve the Lord. You know what I'm saying? And then another question that was posed is, is it wrong to only want to serve in God's kingdom for the benefits? I think that's a moral question within yourself. I don't think it's wrong. I don't think it's wrong. God created us, in my humble opinion, and I could use a better word, but the only word coming to my mind right now is for selfish reasons. He only created you know, human beings so that he could get praise because he knew he was a good God. He knew he was the creator of all creations. You know what I'm saying? He knew he was God almighty. He knew that he was that man and big Papa. And you know what, and you know what, you know what, you know what I'm saying? And so he created something to give him praise, to give him worship, to give him glory. And then in return, he's going to give you praise, glory and worship back. He going to, he going to reciprocate that displaying his goodness to you so that you can continue to praise him. And even in times, the badness he still wants you to praise him because he said so you know what i'm saying so i don't see nothing wrong with wanting to serve in god's kingdom for the benefit you i know that because i serve in god's kingdom i'm gonna be kept in perfect peace i know that because i serve in god's kingdom that when the world is dealing with destruction and chaos and mayhem i will have a peace that be that goes beyond all understanding i know that when i serve in god's kingdom i ain't gotta worry about my finances during the economic crisis i know that when i serve in god's kingdom i don't have to worry about the famine and the disease that's raping i mean tar tarnishing this 
earth right now because I'm kept in God's kingdom. You know what I'm saying? I'm not wary. The spirit of weariness doesn't have to be roaming in my vessel because I know that I serve the God of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. And I want to encourage you to do the same thing too. I don't think there's nothing wrong with thinking about serving in God's kingdom for benefits. You do get benefits for serving in his kingdom. And then the last question, in my humble opinion, excuse me, guys. The last question, in my humble opinion, is, is it okay to even think of your relationship with Christ as an exchange for receiving something? Is it okay? We're asking a question of, is it okay? You can only answer that. For me, I think it's fine. Because I understand that God is benefiting off of me from serving him because I'm going to give him praise. Whether I'm in good times or bad times, I'm going to give him praise. Whether I'm up or down, I'm going to give him praise. Whether I got a W or L, I'm going to give him praise. Right? And in return to that, you know, I'm going to always serve in his kingdom with the expectation like, God, you told me that I could ask you of anything and you would give it to me. You told me that if I was faithful in you and I put my trust in you, that you was going to get me through these things. You said this is what your word says. And God's word don't ever change. He stands firm on that. And because that I, I am expecting something. I am expecting to be blessed. I am expecting to be healed. I am expected to be kept in perfect peace. I am. Now, you got to ask yourself, are you okay with that type of relationship with Christ? Are you? These are my opinions. Again, what do they say about opinions? Many people have opinions. Opinions are free to give, but you as a listener, you can buy or decline. And with that, you just got to make your mind up. Okay, baby? That's all you got to do. And there you have it, folks. Another powerful message given to me by God. Always remember, he is working on me to get through to you every episode. If you enjoyed this, be a dear. Support my show by following me on Instagram at the D-I-S-C-I-P-L-E-S in progress or just search for the Dip Podcast and I will pop right up on IG. Don't forget to leave a review. Bye.